98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, compromised solution of a calls for a commission of inquiry fails to gain traction with the pandems. The High Court denies activist Avery Ung leave to appeal to Hong Kong's top court over his conviction for revealing the identity of a person under investigation. The House Judiciary Committee in the United States has begun debating the articles of impeachment against President Trump. Civic Party lawmaker Dennis Kwok has dismissed suggestions that an independent review committee be given more powers to investigate the months of political unrest. He said the foreign experts who yesterday resigned from an investigation by the Independent Police Complaints Council mainly pointed out what Hong Kong people knew, that the IPCC didn't have the powers to properly investigate the policing of the protests. Tension has now turned to the review committee announced last month by the chief executive Carrie Lam to look at the cause of the unrest. Mr Quark called her tone deaf for failing to hear people's demands for a commission of inquiry. Why do we have to keep reinventing the wheel when the mechanism of the setting up of a commission of inquiry is there from the very beginning? The commission of inquiry will have an independent judge with the requisite powers to summon witnesses and evidence to look into all this. So why do we need to keep coming up with other half-measured solutions? The High Court has denied activist Avery Ung leave to appeal to Hong Kong's top court over his conviction for revealing the identity of a senior official caught up in a corruption probe. Mr Ung can still file the case himself with the Court of Final Appeal and he says he will take that option. Timmy Sung reports. Avery Ng's first appeal was dismissed back in June with Judge Judy Annaban saying he had just been trying to boost his popularity. While Ng said his actions had been in the public interest. The chairman of the League of Social Democrats was sentenced to four months in prison for disclosing the identity of individuals being investigated in 2016. Seeking the High Court's approval to appeal to the top court, the defence counsel said boosting popularity itself was also a reasonable excuse and that the matter needed to be addressed. But Judge Banz interrupted almost immediately, saying the defendant had never relied on this argument before. She told the lawyer... You can't persuade me. Don't waste time. The judge also criticised Mr Ng for dragging his feet, saying she would only grant him an extra month of bail to file the case with a court of final appeal. Government suggestion that cameras on smart lampposts be replaced with heat sensors has received a cautious welcome from the IT industry. The honorary chairman of the Hong Kong Information Technology Federation, Francis Fong, said the changes would weaken law enforcement, but under the current political climate, there was a need for compromise. There are a lot of law enforcement issues that they may not be able to address. For example, if there are some illegal landfill dumplings in some areas, since you cannot recognize the Kalasin's place, so the law enforcement department may not be able to catch those people. And But to balance the privacy issue for the public, I think this is worth to do it right now. A number of civil servants associations have written to the Finance Committee to oppose a request from Pan-Democrats to hold a separate discussion on salary increases for police. Pan-Democrats say the police pay rises should not be bundled into the civil service pay adjustment request because of the current public sentiment towards them. But the groups, including the Government Employees Association and the Hong Kong Senior Government Officers Association, say the pay adjustment package follows a long-standing mechanism that doesn't consider individual performances. Lee Fong Chung is the chairman of the Hong Kong Senior Government Officers Association. The uh, existing patron survey, uh, we are using the uh, data uh, 
collected from all uh, companies in Hong Kong. Uh, uh, we consider all civil services to be included in this survey. If this uh, time we have separate out the police force pay adjustment, uh, it's not uh, at the result of the patient survey may be discarded. Private car driver has died in a traffic accident on Santin Highway. He was thrown from his car when it crashed with two trucks at around 7am. The crash caused congestion near the highway's Yulong bound lanes near Mai Po. The House Judiciary Committee in the United States has begun debating the articles of impeachment against President Trump. The committee is expected to vote on the charges of obstruction of justice and abuse of power later. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. The uh, Judiciary Committee are considering in detail those two articles of impeachment. But it's political because uh, at this stage it's the Democrats who have the majority on the Judiciary Committee and indeed in the House of Representatives. So it seems at the end of the day when we get the vote from this committee later on Thursday and then probably from the full House next week that the Democrats will get their way and the President will be impeached. Then it moves to the Senate and it's still a political process because the Republicans have the majority of there and there will be a trial. We're told that the president will defend himself, but at the end of the day, with no sign of any of the Republicans moving over to the Democrats' way of thinking, it looks like the president will be found not guilty. Police in New Zealand say it's still too dangerous to retrieve the eight people missing and presumed dead after Monday's volcano eruption on White Island. Deputy Commissioner Mike Clement said they were determined to return the bodies to their families, but also had to ensure rescuers' safety. They'd be at risk not only from another eruption, but also from poisonous gases. The number of confirmed deaths is now eight, as two more people died from their injuries. The leaders of Britain's political parties have held their final election rallies before the country's general election. It's been a day in which key campaign messages were put across by the Prime Minister and opposition leaders. Here's the BBC's Sean Curran. Tonight, Boris Johnson used his final election rally to repeat his promise to take the UK out of the European Union and get Brexit done. The Labour leader, Jeremy Corbyn, urged his supporters to go flat out and said his party was offering hope and more money for public services. This has been Joe Swinson's first election as Liberal Democrat leader. She appealed to people to vote tactically, to deny the Conservatives a majority, and insisted her party would work with others to try to stop Brexit. Officials in Jersey City in the United States have suggested an anti-Semitic motive was behind a shooting at a kosher grocery in on Tuesday night that left six people dead. The mayor, Stephen Fulop, said CCTV pictures made it clear the gunman chose that establishment deliberately. Governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, said the whole state stood together against such acts. One thing must be made perfectly clear. An attack on our Jewish community, or for that matter on any community, in what is, by many measures, the most diverse state in the United States of America, is an attack against all nine million of us who are proud to call ourselves New Jerseyans. The deadline has passed for Israel's political parties to form a new government, which triggers the third election within a year. It'll be held in March. Here's the BBC's Barbara Plett-Usher. 
Neither Prime Minister Netanyahu nor his main rival, Benny Gantz, won enough seats in the two previous elections for a governing majority, and both failed to form a coalition. Mr. Netanyahu's legal problems were a big obstacle to negotiations. He's been charged with corruption. In the end, Mr. Gantz demanded that he promise not to seek parliamentary immunity from prosecution as a precondition for further talks on joining a unity government. Most analysts believe the Prime Minister is hoping to improve his chances of obtaining immunity with the third election. Teenage environmental campaigner Greta Thunberg has been named Time magazine's Person of the Year. She's the youngest figure to receive the distinction in its 92-year history. Magazine said Ms Thunberg had become the biggest voice on the biggest issue facing the planet. Dan Stewart is Time's international editor. She's managed to do something, I think, that environmentalists, activists, politicians, celebrities have been trying to do, which is to focus clarity on this point on what is happening to the planet and what we need to be doing to, to prevent it and she's done that in the space of a year a year ago she was a, a climate striker sitting outside the swedish parliament today she's addressing the un climate summit president of the european commission ursula von der leyen has presented what she calls her green deal plan to ensure eu countries are carbon neutral by 2050 she said the plan was about cutting emissions creating jobs and boosting innovation she announced a finance mechanism worth 100 billion euros to help industries and regions make the transition to cleaner energy. We do not have all the answers yet. Today is the start of a journey. But this is Europe's man on the moon moment. The European Green Deal is very ambitious, but it will also be very careful in assessing the impact and every single step we're taking. India's parliament has passed a controversial bill that will fast-track citizenship claims for immigrants, but not if they're Muslim. The government says it's meant to help minorities fearing persecution in neighbouring countries, but critics say it's discriminatory and goes against India's secular constitution. Here's the BBC's Pratisha Gidal. The bill has now been approved by both the Houses of Parliament after a heated debate. It will now be sent to the president to be signed into law with his approval seen as a formality. Once it comes into effect, it will make it easier for minorities fleeing Muslim-majority countries like Afghanistan, Bangladesh and Pakistan to become Indians. Opposition parties say the bill is part of an agenda by India's governing Hindu Nationalist Party, the BJP, to marginalise Muslims. Archaeologists in Ethiopia have unearthed the remains of an ancient city in the north of the country. It was part of the Aksum Empire, one of the world's most important ancient civilizations. Here's the BBC's Mary Harper. The oldest parts of the town, known as Beta Samati, date back to the 8th century BC. A large 4th century AD basilica was found amongst the many other buildings, described by a US academic as the earliest physical evidence for a church in Ethiopia and probably sub-Saharan Africa. A stone pendant decorated with a cross and a gold-plated ring were also discovered. Finance and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,983. That's 30, 338 points up on the previous close. Currencies, US dollar is trading at 108.55 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 11 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 31 cents. Sport now, and here's Atom Cheung.
First football and the Champions League debutants Atalanta have completed an improbable run into the last 16. The Italian side wrapped up the group stage with a 3-0 win away to Chateau Donetsk. More from the BBC's John Bennett. A wonderful comeback story from Atalanta. They're the first team in Champions League history to progress the knockouts having lost their first three games of the group stage. They lost those first three games by an aggregate score of 11-2. Then they picked up an impressive draw against Manchester City and they won their final two group games, including this impressive 3-0 victory away from home against Shakhtar Donetsk on Wednesday night. Atalanta actually started the night's bottom of the group. They ended it in second place behind Manchester City. It's their first ever Champions League campaign. A wonderful story. Elsewhere, Atletico Madrid needed to beat Lokomotiv Moscow to guarantee their place in the knockout stage. And the 2014 and 2016 finalists won comfortably in the end. João Felix scored from the penalty spot after Kieran Trippier had seen his early penalty saved. Felipe added the second with a volley. They've not been at their best this season, Atletico Madrid, but they're through. Atletico Madrid qualify behind Group D winners Juventus, who wrapped up the group stage by beating Bayer Leverkusen 2-0. Other group winners have also signed off their respective groups on winning notes. Manchester City beat Dinamo Zagreb 4-1 with Gabriel Jesus scoring a hat-trick. Bayern Munich beat Tottenham 3-1. Paris Saint-Germain thrashed Galatasaray 5-0. The draw for the last 16 will be made on Monday. In baseball news, Anthony Rendon has agreed a seven-year, $245 million U.S. dollar deal to join the Los Angeles Angels. The hard-hitting third baseman is coming off a World Series winning season with the Washington Nationals, where he's played for the last seven years. Rendon drove in a career-best 126 runs last season. And in basketball, Kawhi Leonard scored 23 points in his return to Toronto to help the LA Clippers beat the slumping Raptors 112-92. Before the game, Leonard received his NBA championship ring and was given a standing ovation from the crowd. Leonard helped Toronto to their first title last season and was named the finals MVP. Lou Williams added 18 points as the Clippers won their third straight game. Pascal Siakam led Toronto with 24 points in a losing effort. After a hot start to the season, the Raptors have lost four of their last five games, including three in a row at home. And as you look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Compromise solution over calls for a commission of inquiry fails to gain traction with the pandemics. High Court denies activist Avery Ung leave to appeal to Hong Kong's top court over his conviction for revealing the identity of a person under investigation. And the House Judiciary Committee in the United States has begun debating the articles of impeachment against President Trump. And that's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show. I'm Sadia Usmani. My thanks to Phil for the morning brew. And we kicked off to the show today with Martina Topley Bird and Soul Food. Hope you enjoyed that. And on the show today at 1.30, Innocent Matanga, co-founder of the Africa Center for Hong Kong and anthropologist, is here with I.O. That's Innocent Opinions. Every other week, he's in the hot seat expressing his opinion on a subject of his choice. Today, he takes up to the airwaves in his opinions on diversity and inclusion. He's rethinking diversity and inclusion. After 2.30, we talk about wellness and mindfulness in the workplace. Given the unrest and challenges facing Hong Kong recently, is there a growing need for more support in the workplace? My guest, Mindy Taglienti from Wellness for Life and Kate Baldwin from The Balance Session are involved in running free workshops to address the mental health and welfare of staff across Hong Kong. We'll find out more about the workshops and how they may help. 